The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey. I am in Healdsburg today with my friend, Sondra Bernstein. We are at Valette. Actually, in here, there's no... uh, Service is not going on right now, so you might hear some hoods in the background, a little uh, ambient noise for you, uh, because there is a couple couple people doing a little prep work here. Um, Sandra, how are you doing today? I'm good, Brian. Yeah, this is fun. We're we're like took it on the road today. That's that's right. You and I don't go on the road that often. No. So it's yeah. No. A little really But awesome. I'm excited, and the host. Thank you so much in advance for your hospitality. Dustin's letting Absolutely. us uh, use his recording studio for the day. We've <laughs> <Right. laughs> just changed it, and we're here with uh, Dustin Vallette from Vallette Restaurant, and soon. The Matheson. Yes, exactly. Which is very exciting. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, welcome to The Bike Goes On. And we can't wait to hear about your story. How'd you get here? <laughs> I opened the door and I walked in, actually. Made <laughs> uh, espresso, sat down. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, did you, when you first started, did you know you were going to be cooking? Or do you have an art degree? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no art degree. Have you seen my art? Like my three-year-old looks at my stick figure and goes, pats me on the shoulder and goes, that looks nice, daddy. I'm like, cool, you're three years old and you're condescending. Fantastic. I <laughs> think his, his art is hanging on the wall right now <laughs> in that charcuterie. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Edible art is much better. That's, that's why I'm a very Agreed, skinny, 100%. very skinny, very healthy 265 pounds. <laughs> right. Skinny-ish. Um, no, I, I love cooking. Uh, I grew up here in Hillsburg. I was okay. actually born in Hillsburg, oh. so I grew up in Geyserville. So. Was this a family a family property years and years ago? Yeah, years and years ago. So my great-grandfather, Henri Vallette, came from France, and he was a baker by trade. So he came to San Francisco first, and then he started working on his way up to here in Hillsburg. He landed in Hillsburg in, oof, back in 19 forever ago. I think it was 19, mm-hmm. let's just say 15. Sound has a good ring to it. Yeah. Um, and his first bakery was called the Snowflake Bakery on the Hillsburg Square. Aww. The second was called Home Bakery, where we're sitting in right now. So okay. this is actually the second one. Um, and he had it for a couple years. And I think from my understanding, he sold it back to the people who kind of took over. Um, and always as a kid, it was always like, you know, you grow up in the family, like, oh, but pay his old bakery, the home bakery, they're in the corner. And we were very fortunate to be able to purchase this uh, about four and a half years ago now. From Jeff and so, Susan. From Jeff and Susan yeah, Mall, exactly. awesome. Oh, okay, cool. So they're very smart. Yeah, I love them. They're very smart. So they had Zen for, I think, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they sold to us, and <laughs> they very smartly retired and started Volo Chocolate. Which is um, amazing. It is so good. We yeah. have the menu right now. It yeah. is absolutely the best chocolate out it there. Is, I, yeah, love I it. agree. Yep. I agree. Seriously. Yeah. We, we, um, you know, we I got them we the We cancel this just go start eating, you know, chocolate. We are now canceling the podcast to eat chocolate for the rest of the day. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> Sign out. This is Casey Keating. Yeah. But I mean, that's like one of the cool things about having like a chef community where, you know, we actually talk to each other and, exactly. you know, opportunities happen. Did so you, do, you guys did a partnership, right? With figs yeah, into we, their chocolate? We brought them their first figs. Nice. Yeah, it's delicious. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. It was that's really fantastic. Cute. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess. We have too much yeah. espresso this morning, so we're going to bounce around. <laughs> exactly. We, well, Hello we and welcome do. to ADD on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to bounce, talk about puppy thing, puppies, and oh, chocolate. Oh, look, oh, I see something shiny. It's a tree. Oh, what's that? Is that a glass? Oh, wow, look at that over there. <laughs> so we'll bounce I think a little you bit. had espresso before you got here. <laughs> <laughs> I had two kids. Oh, yeah. That was a 3.30 wake up this morning, the oh, 5 o'clock God. wake up this morning, I the had a, I had a 6.30. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but so I have a puppy. Uh. <laughs> I really have do a you puppy. Trade? <laughs> no, I definitely do not. Well, only one of us can create theirs. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I, I started but no, really young. But you started. So I mean, did were you was the bakery here when you were here? Did you get to play in the bakery? I never did. Okay. No, it was sold so, before bro. then. So mm-hmm. my dad remembers coming here around like 45, 47, 48. I think they sold it in forty eight. So my dad was about. I guess I was maybe 45. He was about five or six years old when they sold mm-hmm. it. So he has very fuzzy memories of, you know, mm-hmm. my great grandfather making cakes and donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but that w- that part of the family was in the uh, hospitality business, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it changed. My mom and dad were both pilots. Um, my mom used to fly for Metaplane Reach, the wow. air ambulance service. My dad 
who's the young age of 78, still today flies air tankers for the Department of Forestry. Wow. On jobs for retardant on the fires. So, oh my God. So that's your connection with some of that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's where that we were sense. active a couple yeah. years ago. And then as a kid, I just, I loved eating. You know, as you can tell, I'm skinny. You can't see in the radio, thank God. But I'm a very, well, I'm very skinny, you. petite person. <laughs> Ish. Um, and I always loved. I always loved it. I loved, and we grew up in a very French family, but it was like, no matter what, every night we came around the table and had dinner. It might be 9 o'clock at night. It might have been 9.30 at night because both my parents were, you know, pilots and they would get off late. But no matter what, it was you'd have dinner together. And as a kid, I just, I love that. So and brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters. I have an okay. older sister and two older brothers. So okay. I'm the youngest. Okay. And what got me in the restaurant business was, besides loving food, is my brother Aaron, who's my business partner here. He used to work at Catelli's. That was oh. a little local uh, restaurant back in the day in Geyserville. Mm-hmm. And when I turned 13, I finally got a work permit. So I was like, I want to work at Catelli's too. So I started there. That was my first job, 13. And, was Dominique's uh, there then? No, so it was actually, believe it or not, it's her father. So okay, Richard was her used to father who yeah. moved to New York? Exactly, so Richard okay. used to own it, and mm-hmm. Richard used to own it, he went through a divorce, so his, uh, now I guess ex-wife, uh, was the owner for a while, and that's when I was there. And Randy was a chef who now works mm-hmm. at um, Byrite, actually, so we <laughs> buy stuff from him now, which is a very small oh, world. Oh, it is such oh, a small world. It's hilarious. So he used to be the chef there, and I applied when I was 13, and they said, well, what position? I'm like, oh, chef, obviously. And <laughs> <laughs> I turned 13 today, like I'm ready to go. Um, on the fourth day of me interviewing, <laughs> me knocking on the door, finally they said, fine, you can be a busboy, you know? Right. <laughs> go pick up dishes and go cut bread. I'm like, I'm in! Um, and then, yeah, I got promoted to dishwasher, which was uh-huh. a big day. I think I got like a birthday cake or something. Wait, wait, promoted to dishwasher? From I got dishwasher, promoted. from busboy to dishwasher is oh, a promotion. That was right. huge. That was a big yeah. day. Like, that yeah. was honestly a big day for me. Huh. Um, yeah. And then pots and pans washer. I wish people thought that was still a promotion. Well, I, I, I <laughs> like to be dry. I got promoted from dishwasher to busser. I right, thought, that's I thought oh, I'm dry. Yeah. <laughs> I was the other way. I was like, no. I want to be in the kitchen. I want to be with the guys. guys. Exactly. <laughs> the only benefit to washing dishes was what we called the bus tray buffet, when, you know, people would that only eat a couple disgusting. bites of the chocolate mousse cake. And, oh, when you're... 15, 14, oh, you're, you're not thinking about getting any kind of foodborne illness. Okay, so let's let's cue the awkward scoot to the left right now <laughs> at the table. <laughs> well, the fact and that there's, a, there's a name the... for it, the bus tray buffet. I mean, everyone I, knows. I, I, yeah, it really I isn't, mean, by the way. I love it. <laughs> the bus tray buffet. <laughs> um, and now you guys can't see in the radio, but we're now wrapping our hands with plastic wrapping gloves. <laughs> yeah. We now quarantine him. <laughs> oh, um, man. But yeah, so started at 13, loved it. Uh, when I was 15, I did like an official apprenticeship at Chateau Souverain oh. um, under Martin Courtman. Uh-huh. And that really kind of went from, you know, the making marinara sauce simplistic thing to a lot more formal uh, mm-hmm. cooking. Uh, loved it, graduated school early, went out to New York, the CIA, did okay. the CIA. Oh, and then wow. just, I was very fortunate to look on open a book and say, you know, who's the cool chefs out there at the time and go work for them. So I worked for Thomas Keller, I worked for Laurent Monrique, uh, Mandriantel in Hawaii. Um, came back to San Francisco. I was an executive sous at Aqua, executive sous chef of wow. Aqua um, for four years. And then moved to, I uh, got engaged and moved to Europe and just kind of traveled around Italy and France. Oh, and fabulous. Gained 100 pounds and ate and drank <laughs> and worked for like an hour. I said, nope, <laughs> next restaurant. <laughs> just played around a little bit. And then 2007, we moved to Las Vegas, my wife and I, or fiance at the time. And, Wait, I, and why? Yeah, why Vegas? You know, honestly, it's because we were in Paris and we ate at uh, Jules Robuchon oh. and fell in love with it, ate at Guy Savoie. And I thought that this is what I wanted to do. This was mm-hmm. the next evolution. I yeah. wanted to go work for one of these two. And mm-hmm. the visa thing wasn't uh, an option for us or wasn't mm-hmm. didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to move to Vegas to work at one of those two restaurants. Right. And Which one? I really didn't care. Um, I figured but those, did, which those one two. did you end up in? Neither. Neither. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, it was a different style. Mm-hmm. Um, the restaurants in Vegas and that was in Paris. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't as excited. It was licensed. <laughs> uh, kind of. It wasn't the same. How's that? <laughs> Since I'm currently, my voice is currently being recorded. <laughs> it wasn't <okay>. the same. <laughs> we only have a million listeners. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Hate mail. Remember, my name is Doug Keen and my address is. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but no, it wasn't, wasn't it, was, it was different. So mm-hmm. I, I 
did what any ludicrous child would do at the ripe age of 27, decided to start my own place in Vegas. Mm, good for you. Um, so we found a couple of people, partnered with them, and we started a restaurant. Uh, we didn't quite understand how the whole timing in the world works, so 2008 happened, and I thought it'd be a good time to sell my shares in my restaurant. So we were fortunate. We, we got out just ahead of the curve, and uh, at the same time, Charlie Palmer would always come to uh, our restaurant, mm-hmm. and he would always say, ah, you know. And this Did he know you from here before? He didn't know me from here at all. So oh, it was from Vegas. From the, only from Vegas. From Vegas, yeah. Okay. And he would always come in, and if you ever seen Charlie, he's about seven feet eight inches tall. Mm-hmm. Um, his hands are like freaking mittens. So you put his big pan and be like, you know, Dustin, mm-hmm. I got a restaurant in Hillsburg you should go to. And uh, 2008, I was like, you know, that's a good idea. So who was the chef before you? Was it was Matteo there? No, it wasn't Matteo. Voltaggio already left. It was Les Goodman. Was Les, a chef. Okay. Yeah, Les okay. Goodman was a chef. And at the then time. he and he worked with Josh at Syrah. Mm, or who he else? did. Yeah, he, exactly. Yeah, yeah he left I, there. Okay. Left Tracker yeah. Kitchen. Yeah. And he took a job with uh, Josh Silvers. Correct. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I haven't thought about that for a while. You're right. <laughs> you yeah, got a good memory. Like, I know. Uh, I mean, not generally, but that was amazing <laughs> where that came from. Boom. There Boom. it goes. It's yeah. early morning, morning so, espresso. Yeah. So worked for Charlie for six years. Wow. Um, absolutely loved it. And then in 2015, we got all crazy and we said, you know, my brother, my, my, my brother at this time was always front of the house and he started working back here in the area. He was at Coppola's restaurant, France for Coppola, okay. um, which coincidentally is the old Chateau Souverain. Right. So very small, very little circular. World. Yeah. yeah. And we were sitting there, you know, just drinking too much. I think it was at Christmas. And we said, you know, we should go buy a restaurant, open it and the two brothers and have our own place. And I think we said that every single Christmas after the 10th eggnog. And uh, we happened. It happened. Wow. So we were able to buy the restaurant from Jeff and Susan Mall. They started their chocolate company. And then mm-hmm. we put Vlet in here in 2015. Opened March 2015. Yeah. I was there pretty early on. It was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so and much. And everybody talks about your um, the scallops yes. with the um, <laughs> scallops on crew. Yeah. That oh actually my God. that actually came from Paris. So okay. when Johan and I were in Paris, yeah. everyone else were everyone always asked, oh, where'd that come from? And I'm like, so Johan and I were in Paris and we were at I don't remember the name of the restaurant. I really should. Um, but it was a little, it was a nice little one star Michelin. And it just so happened that a friend of ours was there doing a stage. And we go to the restaurant and we walk in. And I was like, hey, I can't remember his name, John Smith. Hey, how you doing, bud? And he's like, oh, it's so great to see you. You know, the chefs make you a special dish. And they took a whole scalp. And this is the, mm-hmm. you know, the eight inch big massive scalp. Mm-hmm. They took it live and they just barely opened it up and they poured cognac inside and they mm-hmm. wrapped it in a piece of baguette dough. And they baked uh. it in the oven. They brought it out. <laughs> and, yeah. and like the idea was just amazing, right? The problem is it sucked. Like it was bad. Because oh. like the baguette dough didn't have time to proof. Right. So it was like a right. rock. And the scallop, which and that's what got me so excited. But the scallop was Oops. delicious. But the innards were, innards were still in it. Uh-huh. And because they barely opened it, they didn't quite get all the sand out. Uh. So it wasn't this like <laughs> delicious silky thing. It was more textual crunch. Uh-huh. You're like, <laughs> oh. It's so I delicious. Like, oh. <laughs> but, but I love, like, I fell in love with the concept of like raw alcohol inside a shell that's closed uh. and steamed inside. So, you know, you, you eat it, you're like, oh, it's a great idea. And you, I forgot about it. Right. Back in memory banks somewhere. So, moved back to Hillsburg. I'm with uh, Charlie, and we were sitting there just having a glass of wine, chatting, and we're talking about different style of cuisine. And as we're talking, I just grabbed the little baby pot off the wall and put a scallop in there, and I put a couple. I think it was mushrooms or something like that at the time. Mm. But I did the same concept. I poured cognac in there and I put a piece of puff pastry at the time on top to help seal that in and I baked it in the oven. And as it was baking, we made little red wine beurre blanc mm. and I added little truffles. It was winter time, so I added little truffles to it. And the scallop came out and it was steamed inside this pot and I kind of poured this truffle beurre rouge I'm totally inside. salivating oh. right now. And we sat there and we poured it. We're, you know, like we're talking right now, just you know, BS and having a glass of wine. And we start eating it. We both stop, kind of look at each other. We're like, holy shit, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, huh, this is my signature dish. <laughs> and he's like, and he was like, when did you come up with it? I was like, hold on, what time is it? <laughs> like, 8.14? I came at 8.14. <laughs> but it's it. mine. <laughs> it's mine. And it was the funniest thing. And that that literally, that's when we started progressing forward. And that's how we partnered mm-hmm. and ended up working at Dry Creek Kitchen. So when we opened Valette, so this is before you were at Dry Creek Kitchen. Wow, that was before. And 
we always joked about it. And that was the interview. The interview uh-huh. was you know, uh-huh. us having a glass of wine and I made a scallop on right. crew. And it was just, to this day, the funniest thing. So I, again, we're trying for a while and I gave him one year notice when I was there. And the first thing he asked me, I'll never forget it. We were out in Napa and we were doing an event and I was like, oh, and it was January 3rd, and, uh, 2014. And I was like, hey, you know, chef, I, by the way, I told you I'd give you one year notice and I think now is a good time to do it. And he looked at me, laughed. He's like, so are you taking the scallops with you? <laughs> that was the, the very first question. It wasn't like, you're are like, you sure you're uh, leaving? He's yeah. like, no, <laughs> are, you, are you taking the scallop with you? I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> we can have it here for one more year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was funny. And that, that's, what, that's what did it. That, that scallop dish migrated here to Valette. We changed it since. Uh, we use like a little sepia, denature protein of the oh. sepia mm-hmm. on top. And we have different set inside now. But mm-hmm. it was the funniest thing. I'll never forget. And still to this day, we laugh about it. I'm like, your first question wasn't, are you sure? Or, you know, are you sure you're going to leave? Or why a year from now? The first question was, are you taking the scalp with you? <laughs> or I thought he was going to say, oh, you thought I was serious about giving me one year. <laughs> yeah. like, I know, like, right? How many chefs do that? It wasn't a year. It was three days short. And he yeah. reminded me of that probably 100, wow. probably wow. 362 days since. was like, yeah. well, I, you know, it wasn't a full year, Dustin. It was only, you know, 362 see, days. You know, I love that. And <laughs> we did that with Matt Spector, um, you know, when he... I just think there's something, it's so nice when your staff can actually say to you, I want to do this, but mm-hmm. we're going to help each other make it work out. And Absolutely. it's not like you're hiding and all of a sudden you give notice and then someone's screwed or it's a, it's amazing when that can happen. Oh, I, yeah. I get why it yeah. doesn't, yeah. but yeah. it's pretty awesome when well, it can, does. Can we just say that if anyone wants to look at the uh, video on YouTube, just Google the best thing I ever ate and you can see. <laughs> is that what the tag is on that? The best thing I ever ate? Well, it's, it's, yeah. from a sh- it's from a show, the best thing oh. I ever ate. And, oh, and that it was, was on there? I think it was a it chef was, from yeah. New York wow. that, that, um, that really loved that dish. And so he talks about it in length and it describes was... the entire thing. <laughs> Um, and it's and then you can actually see it. It's 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 beautiful. It's kind of funny. It was actually and it's uh, on Bo YouTube. Mac. Yeah. yeah, Bo Mac actually. I, he was here last week. So last weekend we did a lunch with Emerald, and Emerald was talking about that. And then Bo Mac was there later that night. We did dinner with him, and uh, yeah, he. I, I love Bo Mac. He's a petite six foot eight inches high, um, and that guy is a massive person from Maine, from Boston, and he always goes. That's all he says. Is like. You know, you gotta have the scallops on crew, brother. It's gotta have the scallops, man. <laughs> it's the fillet of the sea. That's right. That's what he says. He says it's the. Oh no, he says it's the ribeye. Oh, the ribeye. The ribeye <laughs> of the sea. It's luxurious. Uh, uh, oh, right. I were you it. at the um, Emerald Found Get Foundation dinner? I did. Yeah. So we did the VIP dinner at the Garjulo Estate. Because we did on a dinner. Thursday. What dinner cool. did we do? Um, I don't know. We did one on Thursday. Okay. Huh. So Emerald did his on Friday. We did ours on Thursday. I at, wonder uh, when Garjulo's. we did it. That's so weird. Huh. Yeah, second go. year. I know. It's fanta- fantastic foundation. Big supporter of it. Mm-hmm. They do amazing research. So fantastic oh, people. Yeah, very cool. Yep, absolutely. And so that's not the first time you were on TV. Uh, no, I've done a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. America's Most Wanted was good. Um, <laughs> Cops, Cops was a good one. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. I think you were on some of the comedy shows, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jackass in public, that was a good one, too. <laughs> Pretty much anywhere there's a fat guy people laughing at, this guy, right? <laughs> so you and your brother, like, yes. I'm in business with my brother, mm-hmm. and he's on the East Coast, and I'm on the West Coast, which works out <laughs> okay. Exactly. 5,000 miles apart. Exactly. And I love him dearly, couldn't do it without him. But how how does that work? I mean, really, on a day-to-day basis? You know, it is probably the best scenario possible. And it really helps because he's the front of the house, on the back of the house, and we don't have that classic fight you know like oh you overbooked us or oh the food's taking too long you always fight in the restaurant industry and to have your brother is fantastic and on top of that I have uh, a very uniquely shaped nose because he's only broken it twice Um, (laughs) (laughs) he has a very uniquely shaped nose because I broke it once (laughs) so so we kind of went through that that turmoil part in our Uh lives and now I mean I think we've had one argument here and that argument lasted about four seconds. And it was like, I don't, know, something, it was, I don't remember what it was. It was the stupidest thing. And Aaron, my brother, was like, well, I think we should do this. I'm like, I think we should do this. And it was just look at each other like, you're wrong. You're wrong. Screw you. Screw you. 
And we're like, look at each other, we both kind of laughed. We're like, this is not even important, man. I'm like, I'll fucking flip a coin. <laughs> so we flipped a coin. That's it was awesome. like, it was something stupid. It was like, I don't remember what. It was like the length of the straw for like right. one of the drinks. It was, but like later we laughed at it. I'm like, our big argument. Woo. We had to flip a coin. That's a big that, tiebreaker. That's amazing because, I mean, the restaurant business is hard enough, much less having like really close relationships. Yeah, exactly. Well, my nose is still kind of sore. So. <laughs> We, we thought we'd probably stop at that point and like, all right, move on. Um, but I mean, no, honestly, just to have somebody that is that dedicated, that dedicated, that passionate about back. what they do and has your back. Exactly. Yeah. And this industry is very hard. But when you sit back and you say, end of the day, why are we doing it? You know, mm-hmm. why do we come in and bust our ass all day? Why do we stand behind the stove? Why do we, you know, work weekends and nights and holidays mm-hmm. and not see our family as much? It's because we want to give back. We want to give people joy. And for me, I was very fortunate that I had other options I could have done as a kid. And I think I pissed off my entire family by not going to college. But I was like, you know, I want to do something that gives back to people. I want to bring people joy. I don't want to say, hey, here's your, you know, your bill for me doing your taxes or here's, you know, the corporation ladder you're going to climb and, you know, crap on everybody on your way up. Instead, I want to do something that brings people joy. I want to do something that lets them escape reality. Celebrate. Celebrate. Memories. Yeah. And that's where I think we're so fortunate where we have an amazing staff, amazing people. I mean, our servers, we've we've hired one server in four and a half years. That's like, incredible. It's insane. Our yeah, why would are, they want to go? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we also do have the system where we call it, we chain them down. So, like, there's a little, like, a ball oh, chain. right, yeah. So, like, <laughs> they have the I have a the few ankle. people on contract, yeah. <laughs> exactly. With like, ankle the JDL like, will be here, the Jewish Defense <laughs> League, if you think about it. That's mostly management and chess. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But, again, we're very fortunate. We have great, amazing people we work with, um, amazing vendors. And again, we're this is honestly a dream of my, me and my brothers. We've had for 25 years I was joking with somebody they were making fun of me about uh, I was basically showing somebody how to saute a steak and they laughed that oh, I've done it once or twice and it dawned on me I was like Man, I've been I've been literally cooking for 25 years like it's funny you think about it it's you do it yeah. for so long it becomes you know second nature and when you get these this level that we have and like you have of really high quality people that are mm-hmm. passionate that are artisans that are masters of their craft it doesn't become hard it becomes fun and you take the the strenuous element out of it, and yeah, it's hot and it's sweaty and it's long hours, but you get fun and you get to bring mm-hmm. people joy. And you sit back and you say, of all the industries in the world, of all the different jobs out there, of all the different things you could do, this to me is the most rewarding. Maybe saving lives would be good too, but right. <laughs> in, indirectly, indirectly, I feel like we kind of are because we're bringing people joy. We're bringing people the opportunity to sit down and relax and not worry about the the woes of reality i mean reality sucks right now you know and be able to sit there for an hour hour and a half and have someone bring you food and bring you drink and just say you know what screw reality you know it's a little hotter than it should be outside the politics a little screwed up right now and you know the world's a little wonky but for this hour and a half we're gonna sit here at a table we're gonna stare at a picture of a cow from 100 Mm -hmm. years ago and we're gonna eat some you know salty cured meats and mazel tov and like that to me is the best part of life yeah, you just said like salty meat and Mazel tov, like in the same line. <laughs> you didn't actually say pork or bacon and Mazel tov. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. Yeah, the edge right there. Yeah, I <laughs> right love in the it. cusp. I love it. This is a guilt-free zone attention. in this restaurant. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, what, what was your brother's background? So Aaron started working at uh, Catelli's, same restaurant mm-hmm. I started at. And he got into the front of the house and then he went to John Ash. He was at John Ash for about nine mm-hmm. years. Wow. Um he was initially a server, became manager there, became, I think, a GM, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. From there, he went down to San Francisco. He worked at Beetle Nut and worked at one other restaurant, which I can't think of right now. I loved Beetle Nut. Me too. I used to go there all the time. Oh, my oh, God. Those so green good. beans. I just, <laughs> yeah, right? Oh. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and, now we, and now we digress. Yeah. Uh, okay, come back. Here we go. And we're back to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went to Coppola, and he was the uh, AGM at Coppola for four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I was at Dry Creek Kitchen. He was at Coppola. And that's where we started. Say, hey, you know, we're both in the area now. We both left. We both came back. Um, it's time for us to, you know, put this restaurant back in the family. And let's do something that's family-orientated that is what it is. We, we really try to showcase the 
the Hillsburg, we try to showcase our lineage. We make bread fresh every day in honor mm. of my great grandfather. We actually have, which is super cool, we have his original dough press. So wow. Lou Preston, his father, oh. I don't know his name, Lou Preston's dad, uh, was friends with my great grandfather. So when he sold Home Bakery, sold his shares, he gave and or sold his bun cutter, which is sounds inappropriate, but it's actually just a dough cutter. <laughs> um, so he sold his uh, dough cutter to Lou's dad. I never knew this. So about a year and a half ago, I'm at the farmer's market, and Lou's walking around this big old boot. If you ever know Lou Preston, he is the nicest guy in the world, and he has this big boot, this big you know cast on his foot. And me being the smart ass I am, go, hey Lou, touch his foot. I'm like, what happened? And I'm like, did you trip and kick a rock? And he's like, no, your damn great grandfather's dough cutter fell and cut my toe off. Oh shit. Oh my and god. Zero pause. I look at him like, hold on. What about this dough cutter? What are you talking about? Screw your toe. Yeah, and he was like, no, my toe. I was like, dude, you have mine more. It's fine. You're good. I'm like, let's go back to this dough cutter thing you're talking about. So apparently he bought it. It was in his big shop and he didn't use it because it was he, he, he never used it, but it was on a table, like a little wobbly table. He was cleaning it and it fell and literally hit his foot and cut his toe off. So That's disgusting. Which toe? <laughs> Don't know. Oh. <laughs> the oh my one he God. no longer has. You should like, ask him. Did he bring the toe with him <laughs> to get oh. sewn back on? I, oh, I, man. Again, too many details. Don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, well, you know, I mean, like, you don't like that anymore, right? Like, come on, you know. If you, right. He's lost toe a toe. Off, like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we haggled back and forth probably two months. And finally, about a year ago, I was Wait, what are you haggling there. about? Yeah. Well, for him, it was it's an old heirloom. piece of equipment he's not using. They just cut off his toe. What does he want for it? <laughs> now, I should have had you in my, in my negotiations. Exactly. Like, Seriously. I would have got, you know what? You pay me and I'll get rid of it. I think it. he's looking for free dinners for uh, a while. He's got a lot of free dinners. <laughs> we, I think, paid 10 times what the thing's worth. But uh, for me, it's I'm a nostalgic oh, yeah, person. I, yeah. I love the fact we're in my, you know, my great-grandfather's bakery. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that that you know that dough cutter was his like he used to use that his I hands I have something used that it. um my great grandfather bought from your from the bakery what? <laughs> I uh, do. I'm going to go in it's debt. Like Here we some, go. It's, it's a whole collection of rolling pins. Mazel tov. Yeah. Do I hear, do I hear 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, go twice? Where? 5,500, 5,000, go twice? because there may be people calling you with, with antiques now. <laughs> We're good. We're set. I got, I got the dough cutter. Um, but I mean, again, I just love the fact that, you know, we're in his, uh, his old bakery. You look at the wall back there and you, know, you see the fire that happened that, oh. you know, my father told me about, my grandfather told me about that, you know, we can still see. So again, I love that piece of history. I love that piece of nostalgic, you know, just what, what caused us, what, what started this whole thing? You know, it was literally people eating bread together, literally breaking bread together. And for us to be able to say that we make bread fresh every day and we're able to use, you know, his dough cutter he used to use to me is cool. Mm-hmm. And it does weigh like 5,000 pounds and it is like solid steel. Mm-hmm. And it was, if you look at it, it's like 1905 when wow. they made it. Yeah, I went and there's to see just like it when nothing done. to yeah. it. It's just wow. like a big chunk of steel. <laughs> so it's funny because I got an email last week from someone I didn't know asking me if I wanted their fig press. Huh. Not giving it to me I didn't, we didn't go to the price thing and I'm like okay it's probably 500 pounds it's like in yeah. five pieces and I'm like where am I gonna put it what is it and what do you do with a fig press I oh, mean, you press figs yeah I into guess what? but yeah smaller I mean, figs into, <laughs> into, and or flat figs fig newtons I guess but but now that you're like saying that I think and I like he probably sold it already, but now I'm thinking I should get it. <laughs> oh, man. I started a whole thing here. This you is did. bad. <laughs> you did. I was like, what? A, I mean, I think I'm getting less nostalgic, but uh, that actually, I, I love might it. have to call. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So that's Valette. That's, yeah. That is what Valette is. Little piece of history and yeah. little piece of uh, my brother and I. And how many people do you know? Like, do you know like 80% of the people that come in every day or 50-50? You know, it really depends. It really depends. We're very fortunate where uh, reservations go a little little ways out. Um, So it's a good blend between people who are new to the area, you know, Mm -hmm. discovering Healdsburg, discovering Sonoma County. And also a little blend of people who live here and want to come out and have a little dinner at the restaurant. Mm Um, I would say, generally speaking, so we do reservations at the, in the dining room, and then the bar is kind of first okay. come, first serve, and we do the full tasting menu. We do a trust, trust me, tasting menu, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. We do the full menu there, and I would say, on average, 
you know, we probably have around 50, 50, you know, half people, mm-hmm. half people are from Stoma County right. area. The other half are visiting us from out of the area. And to me, that is the best part. Like, I love the fact that I live, you know, half a block from here and this is my home. Are but, you, do you live next door to Kyle and Katina? Uh, they, I used to. So it's they funny. live down there too, <laughs> they, right? Well, they move now. They so move, okay. They moved down a couple blocks, but okay. I used to. So That's Kyle, Kyle and Katina, <laughs> so Single Thread is right across yeah. the street. It's the funniest thing ever. So, Kyle and I actually had coffee about eight months before we opened, before I opened Villette. So all of a sudden we have a mutual friend and they're like, hey, you sh- and Kyle should meet. I'm like, why? Like, oh, he's doing a project in Healdsburg and you are too. So this is before we opened Villette. Really? Both of, around the same time? They started around the same time we did. We were able to get that down a little quicker. Shocking. But they They had to finish building their building. Ours uh-huh. was already done. So, but we had coffee at my house and it was the most awkward coffee ever. It was like, so you're doing a project? Yeah. So you're doing a project, yeah, and you can't say no, and you can't say no. So what, what are we cute. talking about yeah. here? Yeah, it's, like, it's, like later. A, it's like a play date. Your parents can put together for you, and the kids are like, we don't even know each other. That's hilarious. So cue eight minutes of awkward conversation later. Repeat that for eight minutes, and finally I was like, all right, check this out. I'm like, I'm buying Zen Restaurant from Jeff and Susan, and he's like, Jesus, I'm taking over uh, Pete's Skate Studio's building, and we're putting in a restaurant there. And then we find out that he took over the lease on the house, which was directly across the street from mine. Oh, so man. we had this like perfect X where I live half a block uh-huh. on the north of the restaurant. <laughs> he lived half a block in the south of the restaurant. So every morning we would literally do this perfect X we'd cross. <laughs> and I swear twice a week we'd meet in the middle of the street, dead square. And we'd always joke. We're like, we got to switch houses. Man. <laughs> like, it would cut our commute by at least 20 feet. That's you know? awesome. Oh, I love you it. Got, you, you could have either become good friends or arch enemies. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Newman. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> right? Newman. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> but, you know. And on the record, I'm just record, I am Jerry on this they're one. They're different. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's enough for everybody. That's the best part. Yeah. We That is absolutely the best part is you look at the restaurant community in general, I think it is a business, right? right. At the end of the day, you have a business. Mm-hmm. I have a business. We have businesses. And there really is a natural competition in business. You know, I want to have my business full and not go right. bankrupt. You want to have your business full and not go bankrupt. And I think here in Sonoma County, and I think this is more, I think, the anywhere else I know, where every restaurant works together. There's mm-hmm. at least twice a week I get a phone call from a competitor, a comp- competing mm-hmm. business to mine which is in the world of business, the people you want to fail. And they call me up and, hey, I ran out of scallops. Or, hey, right. man, I, I didn't get my partial paper. I need linens. Yeah, I need 100 yeah. linens. And it's just, to me, amazing that we turn around and go, absolutely, what's yeah. mine is yours. Yeah. And they do the same thing for us. And I, I love the fact that not only are we a business, not only are we a community, but we are in the, edu- we are in the hospitality business and we love to help each other. Right. And I, again, there's these twice a week where, you know, we go, like I said, give lens yeah. to somebody or all of a sudden, you know, they, for some reason they forgot to bring our parchment paper and we're like, oh, crap, yeah. <laughs> I need parchment <laughs> paper. Do you spread out your favors? Like, do you ask different restaurants, like when you need stuff? <laughs> I'm calling you next. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we'd have to get FedEx I know, involved. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but Can you drop ship yeah. with a helicopter? Do they have drones yet? <laughs> but Come like, on, Jeff. We really try not to run out. I like to be the giver and yeah. not the needer. And um, I, I would probably lean towards the same as you. The, the yeah. vast majority of the time, because yeah. we, we're, we're small and we're fortunate to be consistent. So yeah. we can, we're pretty consistent on how many covers we do. And we're also different. We have a 5,000 square foot farm across the street. So nice. we are able to source a lot ourselves. And, you know, agreed. There's very few mm-hmm. times we need to borrow, but right. we're all in this together. Yeah, you know? exactly. And there is, though. There was a time I ran out of cryovac <laughs> bags oh, two and a half weeks uh-huh. ago. I'll never forget it. I also went back there and we were doing some project and we were sous and something. And I was like, oh, just grab the bags, the backup in the back. And we're like, oh, crap. <laughs> so that, that was like the mass text. Like, so who'd you borrow Yo, from? Uh, Dry Creek Kitchen. Okay. <laughs> I reached out. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's Charlie. an easy one, it right? Is. Yeah. Well, the thing is, of course, Scotty, who's running the restaurant right now, I was like, hey, I'm like, I need something such. She's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, oh. I'm like, dude, downstairs in the ba- downstairs dry storage <laughs> left hand side back shelf. I'm like, check there. Five minutes later. Oh yeah. I'm like, all right. I'll be right over. <laughs> I, I built a shelf for cryovac bags. I know exactly where they are. <laughs> That's I love awesome. It. Funny and yet true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I mean, we're blessed. Yeah, we're blessed. We really are. Really are. So um, you have a lot on your plate. I mean, you're full and um, you're doing events and all sorts of things. And so you decided you needed to open another place. Exactly. You know, you sit back and you're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sleeping like five hours a night now. I have two kids. You uh-huh. know, why don't we get crazier? Let's just <laughs> let's just throw more. Some on. Some what are you doing? Well, it's kind of funny. So. I was talking to my great grandfather how he came from France and his first bakery was called the Snowflake, which was on the south side of the square here in Healdsburg. And about a year and a half, two years ago, the building went up for sale. And we looked at it and it was way out of our price range, um, which is a restaurant tier means like a hundred dollars. Right. Um so way out of our price range and someone bought it and they were gonna put a condo there. So I wasn't really the biggest fan of that because I'm a little nostalgic and I was like, ah, man, it'd be great to keep that in the family instead of, you know, tearing it down, putting it in a condo. Well, long story shorter, I just happened to mention to a friend of mine, I was like, hey, man, it'd be, it'd be cool to keep that as a, you know, keep keep that for a little restaurant or do something besides tear it down. And, you know, the building is 1911 and, and there's a bookstore in there. Like, mm-hmm. we should keep the bookstore and, you know, keep the bookstore and keep the little kitchen store and put a restaurant downstairs and, you know, the rooftop, like, make a rooftop lounge and make a little fresco dining. We could overlook the plaza and ah, be a good idea. Well, three days later I get a phone call and he's like, Hey, I bought it. What? I was like, the hell are you talking about? You bought what? He's like, our the idea guy that you were talking to my now partner. Yeah. He's like, Oh yeah. Our, our project, our, our idea. I love it. I bought it. We're, we're partners. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget sitting there flabbergasted. I was like, Hi, hi, that's not how it works. And that was just an idea over like a literally like a two minute conversation. <laughs> He's like, oh no, we, we bought it. We're partners now. Let's go. Let's do this. So that's how it started. That's incredible. <laughs> Very careful what you say. Uh-huh. Super serendipitous. Uh-huh. Um, and so we're now partners in it and we're doing just that. So and we moved the bookstore. Will book your store. brother come with you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. fabulous. I think he might spend most, most of his time here. How we're mm-hmm. kind of split it up, I think, mm-hmm. is he'll kind of maintain his, his state. He'll keep here at Valette. And then I'll probably be the stupid little brother who goes over the new place and <laughs> takes on the new challenge. Um, but we'll both be involved in it. And we're going to do just that. So we kept the bookstore, Copperfields, which has been there forever. They went back and they moved down, moved, I guess, east uh, 10 yards. So back to their original location. Okay. Um, still inside the building. And then when Plaza. When, it w- when Bovalo was there, similar exactly. to where they yep. were. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, and then Plaza Gourmet stays where it is, and we'll have a big downstairs restaurant. Um, and the idea is just, like here at the restaurant, here at Valette, scallops on crew is our signature dish. Mm-hmm. Well, we started this whole thing called poke, right? And I lived in Hawaii for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I love poke. I so, love poke, too. Me, too. So, we started this little, like, raw dish kind of part, raw fish element. Um, it's not really a classic poke, but here. we call that here. Yeah. Okay. And it's cool, but it doesn't really fit. I mean, of, of the, the, our menu has one kind of style to it, one genre, mm-hmm. and it's caviar and lobster and scallops on crew and, you know, American Kobe and all these, this one directional mm-hmm. element of food. The poke is different. It doesn't quite balance. So the idea when we're talking about <laughs> in my two minute elevator pitch mm-hmm. to my partner, Craig, was the new restaurant should focus on the poke. That should be the dish that migrates from Vallette to what we're calling the Matheson. I, and and I, the name is awesome. <laughs> thank you. Well, Roger yeah. Matheson, they named the street after him. Right. Great guy. I mean, yeah. amazing. He he was the opposite in politics we have now. He was a unifier. He wanted to work in Mexico. He kept slavery out of California. He actually died in the Civil War protecting um, what we have now, our rights and our freedoms now. And it... It was he's an ama- he was an amazing person. So we wanted to honor him and call our restaurant uh, the Matheson, and yeah, that's great. that's our vision is unifying people. We, we the reason we got involved in this wasn't to tear it down and have one person have a house that they can enjoy mm-hmm. themselves, but instead to have a canvas for people like us, artisans and craft makers, to showcase their craft, but mm-hmm. also for people to come and experience what we do. And right. end the day, you know, not being too spiritual, but like. I love the fact that my craft is cooking. I love the fact that my craft is taking something that a farmer grew and cooking it, modifying it, adjusting it to make it taste better, making it edible and giving it to somebody who's hungry and bring them joy in that process. Mm -hmm. And the Matheson is just that. Matheson is going to be a place where artisans, craft makers, people who are just passionate about their craft, their love, have mm-hmm. an opportunity to showcase it. Our chandeliers are hand-blowing glass. Mm-hmm. They're blowing it right now or making it right now. 
the plates are gonna be handcrafted plates. We have, you know, my brother who's a welder is welding us, you know, the stairs and the back oh, bar design. Fabulous. And everything you look at has the tile. We have a person right now making tile right mm-hmm. now for the restaurant. It's everything at that restaurant, the Matheson, is gonna be a reflection of a person. A guy mm-hmm. who made our tables we're sitting on right now is gonna make our bar for us. And we wanna really have a forum, um, a palette, for people to come in and say, this is my love, this is my passion, I love cooking. There might be someone who loves to make you know, chairs. Mm-hmm. We found a person who just does just that and they're making wow. us the chairs right now. It's like you get somebody who says, this is my craft. This is what I do. Now, it's did different. you put like a, a notice out and people like came or you just like know all these people? We know one or two people. Or you looked. Yeah, yeah, we know one or two people. And the big part, the way we got there was, you know, going back to Andrew Summerwing, who did our tables and our mm-hmm. boards here at the restaurant and our bar and saying, you know, we want to work with you, but this might be a little bigger than what your capacity is. So who are people that are like you? Just right. like me and you, you know, we're right. both restauranteers, right. both chefs and both friends. And I, if I need something I can't do, I'm going to reach out to you and say, hey, Sandra, right. can we do this? Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. So same thing. So we reached out to our network and said, who are like-minded artisans? Mm-hmm. Who are like-minded craft makers? Who are like-minded people who want to showcase what they do? And we didn't want to buy imported particle right. board from China. We wanted to buy something. Nothing wrong with that. But no, for right. us, we wanted to have a sense of authenticity. We wanted to mm-hmm. create a sense of place. We wanted to say... You know, this is Healdsburg. This is Mm -hmm. Sonoma County. This is who we are, collective. And food, casual? More casual? More casual, exactly. I I want a place where... Lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner, yep. Mm -hmm. So we'll have basically two different levels to it, two different Mm -hmm. concepts. So we have the downstairs, which we're calling the Matheson, where the overall project is the Matheson. Mm -hmm. And then upstairs, which we're going to call Roof 106. Mm. Now, if you're ever a designer, if you're ever a creative marketing person, mm-hmm. and you think about how long it takes to come up with all these crazy names, right? The girl in the fig. You guys spend a lot of time on that. Us, we did not. Ours was, what should we call the restaurant? <laughs> What's my last name? Valette. Mazel tov, Valette, you got it. All right, next. You know the new place. What should we call it? <clears throat> I don't know. What's the address? 106 Matheson. The Matheson. All right, done. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot. Well, upstairs would be totally different. What should we call the upstairs the and the roof? Well, I don't know. Well, where's that? Well, it's the roof. What's the address again? 106 Matheson. Oh, look, roof 106. <laughs> it's so, awesome. Yeah, it's about 48 seconds went into the uh, the, cla- the clever crafting mm-hmm. of our restaurant name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe 49. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we have. So upstairs, totally different. Upstairs is more eclectic, a little more world cuisine, kind of based off, you know, traveling to Barcelona. I went to Barcelona mm-hmm. uh, last year and just fell in love with it. That's went awesome. to San Sebastian, loved it. Mm-hmm. And just more of a place to kind of showcase those elements of food. Uh, we have a big wood fire oven up there, a little uh, one little like charbroiler, and really sitting back and saying the upstairs roof 106. We want to have it off fresco dining, overlooking the Hillsburg Plaza, no reservations. Just pop in, grab a cocktail, and seasonal, I guess. Hundred percent. Yeah. Change the menu. We're thinking like every every other day to change the menu. Mm-hmm. Just something fun, like no more formality. Since we can curse in the, my terms, I always call it for shits and giggles, um, which having two kids yeah. makes a lot more sense right. now. <laughs> um, so that'd be the roof 106 and the Matheson, the downstairs dining, a little more formal. Um, again, not not where you have to get dressed up, but a little bit more like appetizer, entree, dessert kind of mm-hmm. elements. But the poke really is motivator for that restaurant. Mm-hmm. Lighter fish, lighter, I'm sorry, lighter cuisine, more fish based really showcasing from our garden more. Um, we did a different partnership with a couple of farms where we're actually buying just the seeds and they're going to be kind of best both worlds. They have to do all the hard work. Oh, <laughs> we get yeah. to pick the seeds. That's great. <laughs> and we get re- benefits of it. But using more farm-based where you're really going to say, today we're going to have you know heirloom tomatoes and tomorrow we might have already picked all of our heirlooms so we're going to go do our nice little the salt and pepper cucumbers we have. We'll make a little carpaccio out of that, a nice little salad. And really... A place that's more, a little bit change, changes more often, really changing more based off what we want at that moment. Mm-hmm. And really say, you know, end of the day, we want a restaurant that isn't stuffy, isn't too formal, and really allows not just me and my vision, but also our cooks and our sous chefs mm-hmm. and our chef cuisines, and really get the inspiration, the again, the craft, the, the artisan involved in the creation of the menu mm-hmm. from the concept to the, the end. I'll be the chef and of course, 
my job will be to kind of pull it all together and make mm-hmm. sure it's up to our standards. But I want to get our cooks more involved. I want our kicks to, cooks to have a forum where they can showcase their craft and try, and it's not try just, new things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're how do excited. you do that with them? Do you let them make something and then you taste it, or they? So, we're pretty formal here at the restaurant. So what we do is once a week, we sit down and we have a creative session. So we sit back and we say, here's what's in season. Here's what we're all inspired on. And we kind of sit back and say, what what inspires you? What's a dish that you love? I want to do, you know, airing the tomatoes from the garden. Well, they're kind of unilateral flavor, you know, so we need something to pop it up. And uh, Nate Davis, our chef de cuisine, came up with the idea of a whipped cheese curd. So we're making cheese curd from mozzarella. Oh, wow. And he's like, well, let's stop the process and instead, let's do a whipped cheese curd. So we came up with that and it was delicious. But then we're like, well, it needs more acid. And uh, it just so happened that Tom, one of our new employees, was out there pickling, doing bread and butter pickle on these uh-huh. salt and pepper cucumbers. And I was like, well, let's put the cucumbers with the tomatoes and the whipped cheese curd. And of course, me loving charcuterie right. and prosciutto. <laughs> I was making prosciutto that day. And I was like, well, let's put prosciutto on there. And we came up with this kind of like concept of what the dish looks like. Mm. So then we sketched it out the next day, came back the next day and we started playing around different versions of it. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth day went on the menu. So wow. that's kind of how we do it. Mm-hmm. We have like a little concept. And how session. often does it change? So our shtick is no matter what, once a week we change one to two menu items a okay. week regardless. Okay. On average, we probably have, we all, I think all have ADD and we're also have, <laughs> and we're all OCD with ADD, which is fantastic. So uh-huh. it's always like, Oh, we need something new. Ooh, something shiny. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. we probably changed the menu. I would say I mean, there's really no algorithms to it. Mm-hmm. It's always changing. How many Ooh. items never get changed? Two. The scallops. Scallops on crew and the charcuterie. And the oh, the, and the, the charcuterie. charcuterie. Yeah. And and I guess maybe the poke else. too. The yeah. poke we change also, but uh-huh. those are, I guess, technically three. Those are our three uh-huh. dishes that are kind of solidified on the menu yeah. and the charcuterie is always changing it's always mm-hmm. you know different uh, products are ready mm-hmm. uh, we do around a thousand pounds a week of charcuterie mm-hmm. so we're pretty pretty high volume mm-hmm. um in that dish uh and then the scallops on crew of course is our signature yeah. and then the poke has now become our our new signature dish yeah. well i th- it's a great way to actually get people to try the new restaurant is oh you love the pokey well it's not here anymore <laughs> exactly you gotta go across the street uh, you gotta walk a block yeah to but it. you gotta come back for the scallop <laughs> exactly yeah. marking 101 right exactly exactly <laughs> that's our plan mm-hmm. and that'd be fun and again that's really the direction behind the matheson is really saying you know what is the next evolution in my mind of mm-hmm. what we do we absolutely love the fact that you're able to come to let and have a kind of you know fancy dinner in the same hand, we're able to go in and say, you know what, we want to have something more simplistic. We mm-hmm. want to have just sit at the bar and have charcuterie and wine, mm-hmm. you know, or no, no, we want to have a full on anniversary dinner. That's what we love about Valette. So now with the two restaurants, we'll be able to kind of split that and say mm-hmm. the Matheson is a little more walk in, you know, fun, where Valette is a little more anniversary and a little more formal. Mm hmm. Or something yeah, like that. It's exciting. What's, what, when's what's, it going to uh, open? Yeah, when's it going to open? <laughs> Have you ever done construction before? <laughs> yeah, what did you say? 18 months it's been already? already? Uh, so we bought it almost two years ago now. It took us about 16 months to go through all the city regulations. Because it's on the square, there's a lot mm-hmm. of... Uh, Historic. Sti- yeah, a lot of history. And also, I think, you know, people in general, uh, we don't like construction. We don't like to be disturbed. So I think there were people who were apprehensive and they didn't understand what our project was. They, everyone thought that someone was going to come in and tear it down, put condos in. So unfortunately, a lot of people still thought the same thing. They mm-hmm. thought we were doing a hotel. They thought we were doing condos. And we really had to get out there and explain to people that, no, that, that's actually not us. We're mm-hmm. new people. Right. And we're actually saving and protecting. So it took a little while to get through the city. Also, because it's an old building, it was built in 1911, there was a lot of retrofit we oh. had to do. And mm-hmm. in the world of business, it would have made a lot more sense to tear it down. But right. if you tear it down, you're destroying history. So right. our job was to fortify that building and protect it, not for today, but for years to come. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. So it took about 16, almost 17 months to go wow. through the committing process. We started construction about three and a half, four months ago. And the estimated time right now is January 21. So wow. Oh, January of 21? Exactly. It's right I around the corner. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could. I mean, that is like so far away. Like I need my stuff instantaneous pretty yeah. much. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh my God, it's so close. <laughs> I'm like, wow. That's right around the corner. 
<laughs> yeah, it's about 15 months from now. Oh. Um, but then again, I mean, I guess it'll go, it does go by really fast. It goes really Time quick. goes fast. Yeah, and the, again, the reason why it's taking so long for us is we wanted to play nice with our neighbors. So we're doing a limited construction hours. We're not doing the weekends. Mm-hmm. We're stopping. You know, not starting till nine o'clock. Stopping by five, which in the construction world usually yes. you start at seven, you go to right. six. But so we adjusted that. And on the same hand, really keeping that historic building obviously mm-hmm. posed a lot of issues, which mm-hmm. we have discovered. Um, and to us, though, the beauty is we're fortifying it for the future. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to buy into the the building itself and keep that in my you know family's history, my family now. And we're looking at it for my kids. You know, we're right. looking at it and saying, be able to give this on to the kids or, you know, have the kids involved in this. To me, we didn't want to take shortcuts. We didn't want right. to, you know, just put up part of a board and two by fours. We wanted right. to really sit there and really spend time to design mm-hmm. what we think is going to be here for 50 years plus. We yeah. hope be here 50 yeah. years plus. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? People knock on the door? Yeah. We, we try to be incognito. <laughs> we have the blinds, <laughs> blinds down, doors locked, and yet people all the time. <laughs> Like we keep calling for some reason the reservation line's busy. No <laughs> you know we can't well, reservation. We, we knocked on in. the door and I'm like, I know there's a back door. Oh, don't tell us that. Cancel. Oops. Please remove that yeah, from the locked. record. It was locked. It was locked. We banged. <laughs> there is no back door to the restaurant. Oh my god. That's it. We're in a day with people now. Oh no. There's always a back door. So yeah. <laughs> Again, exactly. this is Doug Keen. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, will you talk about the person who made these tables? I love these tables. Andrew Summerway. Uh-huh. So. The tables themselves were handmade. Um, the wood is, it's so fun. I mean, you look at oh, how we got Spaldo. here. Ah, you sit back and you look at like how we got here and you really look at what kind of a crazy scenario we live in to actually arrive at this place is to me ludicrous. So this wood right here is from a tree that fell down about 20 years ago. My father of all people, because he flies for uh, Department of Forestry, saw the tree that fell down on a ranch called a Baxter Ranch. And he went out there and helped actually Tom Baxter cut the wood for the tables. And they sold all the redwood out, but they had a couple of boards they left around for making a deck for one of our friends. We started the restaurant, we put the word out, hey, we need some unique big slabs of redwood. And all of a sudden, a good friend of ours reached out. He goes, hey, your dad helped cut this tree down a long time ago. It was fell down, helped you know, cut this tree up. And I got all this extra wood, but you wanna use it for your tables? And we're like, yes, we do. So that's where this wood came from. Did, did, did it used to be linen on the on the tables in here? No, never. Never. Never had linen. We always okay. wanted to make sure we didn't have linen purposely. Okay. We wanted to have that feel of authenticity. And we really wanted to say, you know, we don't want the formality of having to have a linen table. We don't want to have the formality of saying, you know, we need to have tablecloths, make it feel like it's, you know, your first time to fine dining. We don't want people to, you know, feel awkward if they put their elbows on the table. Right. It was the opposite. We wanted to instead say, you know, embrace the fact that it's a bare wood table. Really showcase again the art of the artisan the craft of the artisan yeah. and if you sit back and you look at like for me you look at a table that has tablecloth on it it's beautiful and gorgeous but you can't see who made that it yeah. doesn't showcase right. the table itself instead this table we're looking at right now you can't tell but we had him cut a v in each it's one of the amazing tables. it's yeah. crazy so he took a piece of wood and actually hand carved a v in each one and for us we didn't want to just cover it and say, ah, you're just some guy. You know, you just, you made a table, who cares? We care about this tablecloth itself. It was, you know, made in somewhere else. Instead, we wanted to say, this is the artisan. This is the craft maker. This is the person who has the passion, dedication to sit there and carve with a chisel, a V, which I love the guy to be mm-hmm. able to do, and carve it and put it in the table. And we really wanted yeah. again to showcase. Because you're gonna carve the, the V and then carve the hole. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, every year I do not get a Christmas card from him. <laughs> I love him, and the worst is our bar. So our bar, we were sitting there, you know, hanging out, you know, chatting, and he was all fired up. He's like, "Ah, oh, I got this idea to take your signature and put it in the bar." And I was like, cool. Just so we know, I write like a doctor. So that's a horrible idea. <laughs> He's like, no, it's great. It'll look beautiful. We love it. So that's what he did. He sat there and that poor guy wow. sat there and did like 18 versions, right? And he carved it by hand and we actually inlaid it with a resin and uh, we did Carrera marble in the kitchen. So we took all the powder from oh, the cutting the Carrera marble. And we mixed it with this resin and we inlaid it inside the bar. And again, wow. it's, it's that vision. It's that that dedication to that craft that we want to showcase here at Vallette and at the Matheson, and that we just, we love the fact that we're 
we're we're the canvas. We're the canvas for people to showcase their craft. We love well, I that. guess it's a benefit then. Then you're not opening till 2021 because if someone needs to start carving tables <laughs> and hand throwing, every <laughs> it's a lot of work. It is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it is absolutely insane the amount of small vendors we have. It's insane mm-hmm. the amount of we have a person who's doing. Uh, samples right now for classes, right? Oh, so fun. I want to have a glass, especially upstairs, Roof 106, that isn't. Sh- I-, I love Edel, so we use the restaurant, right? And it's light and delicate and right. beautiful for wine. But I want the opposite for upstairs. I right. want a heavy duty Chunky. glass. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I want a like chunk. I was Are you in- gonna have a full liquor license? We do. Okay, yeah, we will. that's yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on, we need a margarita. I know. I know. <laughs> Hot day, need a margarita. <laughs> um, but no, we were in. Uh, we were in. Venice and went out to Murano where they do hand blown glass Mm -hmm. and I was so enthralled by these guys that are just taking a raw product glass Mm -hmm. and making it into this beautiful piece of art and I I love it but the thing I love the most was I bought this glass and it was not overly inexpensive so it was a small glass (laughs) it was a little bigger than a shot glass but it was a piece of authenticity to it it had this you know little bubbles in the glass and it wasn't perfectly good. it was amazing it was amazing we're we're heading there next month oh you gotta do it so much fun but you sit there and you get to see a person who's who's taking a craft who's taking something that I assume we made in you know a factory and somewhere mm-hmm. else, you know, but it's actually doing it by hand. You know, they're sitting there, they're stoking the fire, they're melting right. the glass, they're holding the perfect angle about the glass droop and fall. And you sit there and you say, "This is who we want to partner with. This is who mm-hmm. we want to work with." So that's doing it right now. But you found a glassmaker here. We're in Sonoma. Close, not Sonoma, no. But we oh. found a person who works with glassmakers. Okay. And we're basically custom designing a couple unique okay. pieces right now. So there's so a cool kind of glassmaker down there. Uh huh. There's some fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> There's some really fun stuff. Yeah. But that to me is the best part. Again, yeah. that that's what drives me is you want to get people excited about, mm. you know, showcasing what they do, showcasing their craft, showcasing their passions, you know? And then maybe selling some of it. That's a good idea. We haven't thought that far. Yeah. I'm not a good business person. Like, I just want to get oh, things I away. I don't believe that. I don't <laughs> I believe that. I want to get things away. I don't want to sell. Oh, well, sounds like a business. Yeah, but it's oh. half and half. I know. I like to give, but I also like to sell. <laughs> you got to pay gotta the cover the cost of the gives. Yeah. Darn yeah. reality. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this was so much fun. It was. I know I we, we could probably about, talk for hours. I know. I think we talked yeah. about espressos and puppies yeah. for you know an hour and a half straight, but I love it. It was great. Well, thank you guys so much um, for coming up here to Hillsburg and checking out our little Yeah, no, it's just so nice to be here. Um, And where can, so how do people make reservations? So our website. Open table? Absolutely. Vallettehillsburg.com. So Vallette, my last name, V-A-L-E-T-T-E. Healdsburg, just like the town, H E A L D S B U R G. Not B E R G, B U R G. I always do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, go to our website. Just Google Vallette. Mm-hmm. You usually get some funny pictures of me. You know, uh-huh. college There's days. There's some great pictures of you. <laughs> yeah, did some googling. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, that's a bad idea. Google's, there we go. Google's amazing. Love it is. Google. It is. Yeah. Type in Dustin Hoffman. I come up first right off the bat. <laughs> I that's love it. Great. Well, does, I just want to get your opinion. What do you think is going to move into the shed? I don't oh know. yeah, you know, okay. I don't know. I that is an amazing. I love what they did, you know, and those really were, I think, some of the the leaders. You sit back and you look at Hillsburg, and again, I was I was bo- literally born here, and you really look around what this town used to be 15, 20 years ago, twenty years ago. This wasn't this beautiful, majestic place it is now. This little little rougher, you know. I remember as a kid, and I would sometimes occasionally buy alcohol underage. Of course, not for me, for other no, people. No, of course. Um, of course, adults who <laughs> are over 21. Um, and we would, you know, have no problems going to probably not ideal neighborhoods in Santa Rosa. The place I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go to Hillsborough Square. At nine o'clock at night, no way in hell. Really? Uh-huh. And this was not a fun place when I was a kid. And it was biker bars. It oh was not the goodness. same. Oh my goodness, interesting. Look what it is now. Look at how much has changed. A lot of that I give credit to for Merritt Shear. I think what his vision was, Hotel Hillsburg, what his vision yeah, was yeah. is amazing. Churches. I think it really paved the the way for the future. Having Charlie Palmer come in and mm-hmm. put in, you know, his name, his branding behind that with uh, mm-hmm. Hotel Hillsburg really paved the way. You know, Martin Cortman from Charcuterie, Ralph Tingle yes, from Bistro Ralph. Yes. These are all the people yourself. I interviewed with Ralph. Really? Way, way, <laughs> way back. I love that guy. Yeah, I didn't get the job. <laughs> I hate that guy. But now. No, 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 no. I don't remember I why, and I don't now. remember. It was a mat? I yeah, I don't even remember. But He's fantastic. It was way, way back. Oh. God, what is he doing now? So he very smart. <laughs> he 
all these people are smarter than us, I think. He, he retired, <laughs> um, sold Beast Ralph, and I think he's enjoying the retirement world oh, right now. good for so him. I think, I think he's going to probably do another project coming up from oh. the, the word on the street. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what it is yet. Uh-huh. But again, I just sit back and look at like- We're where addicted. We can't we stop. I know, right? It's brutal. It's <laughs> I pretty, love it. Our next guest can't stop either. Well, we, were tr- we were trying yeah. to get Dusky to move into the shed. Oh, that'd be good, right? Run I catering out of there and- Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I really think, again, like what Hotel Hillsburg did, I think changed it. What Charlie brought into this town changed. Hillsburg, as we know it, I really honestly feel that Shed also changed. It really yeah. allowed the next oh, version so of Arsons to pop up. And then Single Thread. Single I Thread mean, is changing everything. I've never seen a company get more press and articles, and they have a great PR firm. <laughs> Absolutely. But also great food, too. I mean, oh, and they're great phenomenal. neighbors. Phenomenal. And like, that's yeah. the best part. And again, going back to talking about earlier community, mm-hmm. I love the fact that everybody comes together. I love the fact that we don't look at another restaurant or another business as competition. Instead, right. we are all the believers of the rising tide rises all boats. And for us, look at what Hillsburg was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. kind of a barren wasteland. You know, there wasn't a whole lot there. Where Hotel Hillsburg is was not a, not a parking lot. It was just a dirt lot. Wow. You know, HBG is where my grandfather was buried. I mean, like, it's it's pretty rough. Like oh, my God. They built it on top of your grandfather. <laughs> Sorry. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> <Did> they have <laughs> to. Where they had his reception. They exhumed him. By the way, <laughs> you need to pay homage with, every time you walk in and say. lose toe. And today, on an exit vision of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, I think we have to get him a microphone. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> Take the microphone yeah. away. No, but I mean, it's just look at what it was and where we're going. It's yeah. amazing. And it's, it's quality. I, it's also, like, when I think about Healdsburg, I think about quality. Yep. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's so different from the Sonoma Square. I mean, they're squares, they're in town. Yeah, where but quality means nothing. Qu- quality, yeah. except for my corner. Right. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't feel that far. You guys are amazing. Maybe a few amazing. other little places. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's incredible watching what has happened over the last 20 years up here. Well, Truly. We're super excited. I mean, yeah, you were talking earlier about like Noble Folk is doing a fantastic job. I think mm-hmm. you meet them later today, right? Yes. Fantastic. Yes. yes. They're, freaking, yes. they're amazing. I but mean, you'll hear them next week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love like what yeah. they're doing. Like my kids literally like eat sugar because of them. I'm going to yell at them when I see them <laughs> because uh-huh. they go there and they get like the world's biggest ice cream cone. It's like a freaking like a 10 like scoop ice cream cone uh-huh. and they sit there and they eat like four bites of it and, and they pie. rub the race in their face and the, you know, they're yeah. like everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're like, cool, you missed your toe. Like, I got that daddy. <laughs> great. <laughs> Never mind. We're just going to take a bath now. But I mean, I love the fact that we have so many great artists yeah. come here. So it's, many people awesome. that are taking their craft and they're bringing it to this community. And you sit back and you look at, what does that mean? What does that mean from the person from Ohio, the person from San Francisco, the person from New York. It's really them coming to our area, experiencing our community, experiencing mm-hmm. our version of what this little yeah, beautiful Sonoma food County. wine metropolis yeah. is like. And that to me is the best part of what we are and who we have here in Healdsburg, in the town of Sonoma, and just our communities We're in general. In paradise. We really are. Yeah. It's fantastic. Speaking yeah. of blessed, we should go eat and drink some now, shall okay, we? I'm yeah. done of talking. I'm done talking. Can we just like put the show on hold and let's go drink a little bit yeah, and eat some? I think that would be good. All right. But I'm this in. was so fun. And Brian, anything else? No, congratulations yeah. on yeah, your success and so good luck with the exciting. new project. Yeah. Um, yeah and look thanks forward to again back for and letting us um, you know, camp on this table. Hang out in your spot. What, what table oh, number is this? Ah, very good question. So that's table 21. 21. 20? Yes, <gasps> 21. That's my table. Really? Yes, table I, yes yeah. that's the do, table. Do, do, do. Yeah. Mine's actually table 16. So we, Which, we get the restaurant. 16? 16, in the very back of the restaurant, the we have booth? a round booth. Exactly. Oh, that's your table. That was ours. So now, interesting, originally... That is table, t- it was table 20, 30, 35 was 23. Your, oh. The one that faced oh, okay. 24 faces hmm. the restroom. Oh, right, right. Yours is the closest to the restroom. It is. Exactly. They told me that that was my power table. So that's your power table. I, like it. I gave up my power table for table 21. <laughs> I love it. Well, that was, we did, we did the restaurant. All of our designers and architects were like, ah, this table is horrible. It's round. Get rid of it. And I sat back and I was like, oh, I, I, like this I one. love round tables. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was the one round table. Yeah. And when we did that, <laughs> when we were doing the restaurant, 
that was my office. So uh, exactly, I, I took a couple of two by fours <laughs> and I literally made a little like chair because we had no chairs, nothing, uh, and I had a camp chair. But I'm a petite guy, so about a week <laughs> in a camp chair means it's broken. So I took some like two by fours and I built this little mock table and chair, and everybody would give me so much crap. They'd come in and they look at me and they'd be like. Hey, you, contractor guy, where, where's the, the owner person? I had a question. I'd be like, oh, he's not here. <laughs> like, I just work here. <laughs> Everyone gave me so much crap. So that became my table. So yeah, table 16 awesome. is round one. We're sitting table 21 right now. Okay. Charcuterie, mm-hmm. which, by the way, lights finally came on. So we finally oh, illuminated our charcuterie. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Yes, exactly. We need some food. Well, food if you want to, you have to come look at it because it's <laughs> stunning. It's cool. My eldest brother... Yeah. Uh, the welder actually made that for us, and it's a it's a it's an airtight seal box that's 14 feet long by six feet high by five feet deep, and uh, it has all of our charcuterie we do inside there from the prosciutto, the lomo, the lonzo. How do you get up there? Copa. Ladder. So we have two ways. On the side, there's a little stick. So kind of like when you go to like the Gap and you get a T-shirt from the top rack. Uh-huh. Um, the Gap is a place people used to buy shirts at, by the way. Um, right. Back used to be retail stores uh, before Amazon. So. That's a little stick to pull down like small samples. And then we'll actually, when we do it, we do batch charcuterie. So we'll take down around 1,500 pounds at one time. So okay. we'll take everything you see, it comes down at one shot yeah. and goes back up. And, and for that, we have a large like commercial ladder, like okay. a, a pedestal ladder to get all this stuff up and down. Yeah, but it doesn't lift, sound as cool as saying. truck. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't sound as a cool as saying <laughs> the long st- wooden stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, t- I'll take a picture so of that cool. and I'll post it on our Instagram account so people yeah. can see that. And I'll also take a picture yeah. of table 21 and table 36. 30. Wait. What is it? What is the one? What's 16, your table? 16. I was just gonna, 16. Oh, I was just sitting here like we were playing like, you know, bingo. I was like, <laughs> no. bingo, we got it. Man, you sunk my battleship. I'll post those on Instagram for you. All right, guys. Well, we are way yeah. too jittery for not having any wine any yet. So I'm going to grab some coffee. wine. Awesome. I think you have uh, those noble folk guys coming noble in. Noble folk guys. <laughs> yeah. Coming in a little yeah. bit. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Right. Thank and mustache you. bakery, too. Yeah. That's what started. Absolutely. And something else, I think. What? Yes, I think they These guys are just expanding left and right. They are for young kids. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Okay. Great talking to you guys. Thank you, thank you so, so much. much. Thank you. I'll see you guys later, right? So Take awesome. care. Thanks thank you very much. All right, everyone. This is where the bike goes on. You can go to thebikegoeson.com, check out the episodes there, or go to radiomisfits.com and uh, find the uh, episodes there as well. Go to Stitcher, go to uh, yeah. Himalaya. That's our new uh, favorite. And leave us a review, please. Only good reviews um, are accepted. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.